aboard the struggle bus. You got problems just like us. Climb aboard the struggle bus. Let Kate and Sally help you. Welcome to the struggle bus. I'm Kate. I'm Sally. And we're here to fix your lives. That said, we are two people whose only qualifications to give you advice are that we have lots of feelings and lots of opinions. Neither of which are a substitute for professional guidance. Sally! Catherine, we're back! We're back. It's been a minute. Yeah, we took a little hiatus. Yeah, I guess you can say it was a long Labor Day. Indeed. Wake me up when September ends, Mm -hmm. as they say. They do say that. Yeah, Green Day's going on tour. That was Green Day, right? Uh, I believe so. Yeah, well, they're going on tour. I feel like an old person. They're going on tour with Weezer and something else, like New Kids in the Block or something. That is an amazing tour. (laughs) I would would pay top dollar for Green Day, New Kids, and uh, Weezer. Yeah, I was joking about New Kids, but I mean, why not, right? Well, that's the one I would pay top dollar for. No New Kids, (laughs) no top dollar. (laughs) Well, listen, do you have opinions about that? You can tweet at us at StruggleBusPod. Email us at StruggleBusPodcast at gmail.com. Instagram.com slash TheStruggleBusPod. Use the hashtag StrugglePodBuds420 to find a struggle buddy. StruggleBusPodcast.com. Tweet at Sally T. Tweet at me at SPK Heller. You can join the secret Facebook group by emailing us at StruggleBusPodcast at gmail.com. But make it separate from a question. If you have a question, denote in the subject line you'd like to be in the group and give us the email you log into Facebook with. Sally, tell them about the Patreon. Catherine, if anyone who's out there listening would like to support us with United States currency, actually, I th- oh, my God. Oh, my God. Sorry. Could you hear that? What? Oh, okay. I had a tab That was me open. drinking my coffee. No, oh. no. I had a tab open about something we're going to talk about later, and a, a video started to autoplay, but oh. maybe it now seems like I just uh, invented it with my mind because no one could hear No, no. Me. I'm sure it did That's autoplay, fine. but I didn't hear anything. Okay, I was good. sipping coffee, though. Um, okay. Anyway, back to the Patreon. Uh, if you want to... Yeah, it's not just US dollars. I think it can be in any currency, and Patreon will probably convert it for you. So no matter what currency you have, if you go to patreon.com slash the struggle bus, you can throw some at it, and you can support the continued creation of the show. And uh, there's a bunch of different rewards you get. Some are physical IRL objects you can hold in your little paws, and some are things like bonus episodes, which we tend to do A, whenever we feel like it, and or B, when we don't release a regular episode. It's real fun. And uh, we are like revamping some of the rewards right now. So check it out. And if there's something that you want that you don't see, let us know because we are in the brainstorming phase of giving the people what they want. What they want and what they need. And what they need. All right. Well, shall we get to opening Jibber Jabber? Because we got a lot to catch up I on. would love to Jibber Jabber. Um, do you want to go first? or You are legally required to go first because you have the funniest <laughs> wordplay in our Google Doc, in the history of our Google Doc. Well, please first I please say, read it word for word. I have to tell you this real quick, though. First, okay. I forgot to put it in the doc. Sally, uh, we had two struggle buddies come to the show, uh, the <gasps> Neo Future show this weekend. Oh and goodness. I was on name tagging duty and I name tagged them. Hashtag 420 and <gasps> Sally. <laughs> yes. First name hashtag last name 420. That is amazing. So, I feel so, so, yes, so famous hello, and seen. Hello, Danny and Rebecca. Uh, thanks for coming out. Oh, so, Danny okay. and Rebecca. Wait, let's just give a content note before your amazing wordplay. Your, your wordplay is amazing. We also are going to be talking about Kavanaugh. Very briefly. Very briefly. I actually, that's the whole point is I kind of do and don't want to get into it. Okay. So yes, there's a little bit of wordplay, but I, I thank you for that because even just the name makes me um, agitated. Yes. Please feel <laughs> so free I, to hit fast forward like five times if yeah. that his name makes you as agitated as it makes both of us. So I wrote down, Kavanaugh is making me stressed Avanaugh. Yes. So let that land. Um, We're ending so basically, the show right there. He's back in the news because of a book coming out that's, um, you know, about him. And I just it's amazing the physical reaction your body can have just Mm -hmm. by seeing a word or even hearing the name. Um, Everything about that whole thing that went down, the hearings, the way he handled himself, the way everyone handled themselves makes me uh, in a rage. And it's just very important to note that when your body has a physical reaction to something, lean into it. Talk about it in therapy if you can. And um, I actually like. Like, my body just tenses up when I even hear his name. So, you know, for those of you out there who are also experiencing that with that name or any other, just note that you're not alone. It's a natural human response to uh, really horrible things. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I remember um, the day after 
the election, um, I was writing a story for my job at the time, which was BuzzFeed, about basically just like how to cope with the results of the election. And I was interviewing a therapist and I was like, are you taking a lot of calls this morning? She was like, I'm so swamped. Like people are so upset and like activated and stuff. And um, and I remember also like in the months after that talking about it with my own therapist and him telling me that like there was like an uptick in people just freaking the fuck out and feeling really like activated and stuff like that. And uh, I say that to say this is like when shit like this continues to come up in the news and you're constantly exposed to things that are terrible and scary or remind you of your own trauma um it yeah you're not alone it's really like Catherine said it's really common to feel really upset maybe triggered um so take care of yourself yeah but um we have another piece of news that just came out uh and it is um uh, i don't know if you heard about snl it's a show, Saturday mm-hmm. Night Live. I have heard of and that they show. And they just cast three new cast members. Mm-hmm. They had just cast. And one of them is Bowen Yang, who is amazing. Yes. Bowen Yang is the first Asian cast member. Okay. He was a writer last year. I actually do know him. I've met him. We follow each other on Twitter. He is literally the nicest person and one of the most talented people I've ever I mean, I don't I can't say we're friends at all. He'd be like Catherine who? But like <laughs> he in the community we have in, in the city of knowing each other, good comics and good people and podcasters and stuff. He is just one of the gems. He's oh, like that's the, awesome. Yeah, he's just one of the wonderful people and worked really, really hard. Now, another person that was cast is a, a man named uh, Shane Gillis, who uh, is a God, what's the word? Comedian, Hack. I guess. <laughs> who... Um, he actually okay so spoiler he actually was uh, his offer was rescinded after a day when certain things popped up i will say this i know that you uh some of you listen to keith and the girl podcast they did an episode about this yesterday two days ago i think um before he got fired where they pulled up all of his audio from the podcast that he recently did where he is very very outrightly racist Mm -hmm. i mean and, um, you know, edgy, I suppose. Right. That's the word they use. But it's beyond that. It's it's lazy. It's disgusting. And he even had um, said racial slurs very recently before the casting happened about Bone Yang specifically and about other comedians like Chris Gethard and, and just slurs of yeah. all, all, all the tallest orders. He's he's very well known in the comedy world. Let's put it this way. I know some very people who don't push back enough who are very polite and think they're so waka waka funny and kind and all like zen and stuff on twitter who popped off oh really and yeah they were like this man is a problem and so a lot of people just came out and said now listen i don't expect lauren michaels to do any research why would anyone but uh i do feel that there is a certain responsibility they had to i don't know maybe just do a little bit of research but Mm, like google his name and look at the first page of the Google kind of maybe and uh that's something that I think I hope going forward SNL will consider doing but the good news is is that and I mean I don't think anyone getting fired is good necessarily but they did rescind his offer because uh I don't know how that man is supposed to be and you know Bone Yang had his great day ruined because of this man but I want to say congratulations now again to Bone Yang for getting that job on SNL you're gonna crush it and sorry you had to deal with that one day of that nonsense yeah, and thank you for listening to our podcast, Bone Yang. Um, <laughs> what are your thoughts on this, Allie? Yeah. Uh, well, my thoughts are comedians that are total hacks and also racist are the worst. Um, it's like choose one. <coughs> Don't you can't you can't do both. Um, oh, you can, Sally. You can. You can, and you will. And I you mean, will move it's up. Just, yeah, and you will move up. You will fail up. It's not even fail up. They succeed up. Yeah. I mean, the thing is, I didn't realize he had said things specifically about Bo and Yang, but I I did see all the really just awful racist anti-Asian stuff he said and also that he called Chris Gethard the F word that is referred is used for men who we think are gay Mm -hmm. or queer or effeminate Um, because like in response to Chris Gethard's HBO special about depression and that's the thing is like um, and I guess he also called Judd Apatow the same word and mm. said that they were quote unquote fucking gayer than ISIS which I don't even yeah. understand so I mean the thing is like when like Judd Apatow and Chris Gethard are these like I don't know if we still call them like alt comedy dudes but they're they're these dudes that are supposed to be this like um th- these like beta male sensitive 90s guys who are comics and so the fact that like you 
I, I just don't think that Shane Gillis can say he wasn't like he didn't mean it or he doesn't mean gay or the F word as an insult just because I, if you were going to use that slur for any comics and really mean it, I feel like it would be Judd Apatow and Chris Gethard, you know, because mm-hmm. it's like this is this is how you make fun of these like sensitive 90s dudes. And then fucking gayer than ISIS <laughs> is so weird it's such a weird bizarre construction and so it to me is again like this dude does not have plausible deniability around oh i just i don't mean gay like that i it's like it's like such a weird conflation of like isis is gay like i mean that is the most probably the most homophobic way you can use gay is to like say that people who are like bad people or let me not even go there people who do bad things for a variety of reasons um Last time we talked about this, someone tweeted that like we defend ISIS when we'd said it on Lady Power Hour. So oh. I'm not even going to go into it. But like, um, but anyway, the point is, um, just like yeah, I mean, the idea like, the, 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 is there is there a hackier joke than calling ISIS gay? Well, I just can't. Sally. If you looked in the dictionary under hacky like hacky joke like hackiest joke ever, I feel like that would be number one. I got another one. That he did. Please tell me. Ready? Okay. okay. So you know how they say like your your porn star name, quote unquote, is the yeah. street you grew up on and your middle or whatever, right? Right, right. Yeah. Um, uh, Elizabeth Sedgwick. Okay. Um, <laughs> so let's say you want to make a joke about your new SNL co-star before sure. you become co-stars, but like, you know, previously in the world. Uh-huh. What you do is you take the ethnicity that they are from and a slur on that and add it to or, the name of a religion. <laughs> that's really good isn't that that's great? a really good one that's a good one i'm a af- catherine i'm afraid that like <clears throat> people are gonna take that now i think a lot of people are gonna make their careers on that yeah. exact equation yeah that's what he um, called bone yang is a, a slur and then the a, a religious uh affiliation sure yeah yeah i mean and if you just like look at the catalog of <laughs> things he says dude is just a dude is just a bigot who happens to have a job as a comedian you know and catherine i want to say Whoever started the thing of comics being like, I'm just a truth teller. I'm just pushing boundaries. I want that person must answer for their crimes because no comedian is pushing boundaries. Like once a generation, there's a comedian that is pushing boundaries and it's not by using homophobic and racist slurs. Yeah. But then he did get cast in SNL. So there's that. Yeah. I mean, we. I hope that SNL hires some person to work one hour a week to google people before they extend (laughs) offers it's so it's not complicated it's so not complicated and and also this is one of the least complicated you know like i could see you know googling someone and seeing like you know this person is like hasn't really done anything problematic it looks like about 12 years ago they said some stuff that was sort of lightly insensitive or whatever so maybe we should think about whether or not they'd be a good fit for our project this is not that this is not that this is like recently this dude this dude said and has been saying a slew of horrible shit about a bunch of people who aren't white (laughs) so you know what I mean? Like, it's not it's just not complicated. Yeah, His big bit on the podcast episode that they were playing on Keith and the girl uh, that they played a lot of, which was just wow. It, I mean, it, it was almost like watching a, a car or a train wreck or whatever. I couldn't stop listening was basically uh, he and his co-host were talking about how they went to Chinatown to get food. And boy, howdy, there was Chinese people there. And then they popped off on that. And that, uh, that, that is that, that was just like, I think, a few weeks ago or maybe a few months ago. Now, I have said things and I've written things mm-hmm. and plays I've written and stuff in the past 10, 15 years where I absolutely said words that now I would not say or I, mm-hmm. I made a joke that I wouldn't make now. I'd absolutely own up to that. And um, I think that's not that hard. But again, for those of you who are like, well, you know, cancel culture. This was literally like not but a few months ago. He has a reputation for doing this all the time. And do yourself a favor and listen to that podcast episode and you tell me Mm -hmm. you know if that's your kind of comedy well good guess what he'll probably be at the chuckle hut on wednesday Mm -hmm. at in boston somewhere i don't know that's what they always go um he still has a career and he's going to be fine and um if you like going to be fine if you like his comedy you can go see his comedy no one Mm -hmm. no one murdered him he's just not working in snl anymore because if i talked about uh a a co-worker like that i too would be fired yeah exactly um that's how it goes yeah i i've there have been some funny 
and insightful people who have been tweeting about this and I've really appreciated their their takes that are just just funny and insightful and good about how ridiculous this is and one of them was um my former coworker from BuzzFeed Lewis Peitzman who was tweeting about it and he was like I didn't realize a job at Saturday Night Live was a human right it just because like people were like <laughs> Um, this this guy is like canceled, and he's never like how you t- you're taking someone's career away. It's like, look, this dude is going to be fine. Saturday Night Live. I mean, I think that maybe if this was like 20 years ago, it would be a bigger deal for this dude's career. Let's be clear, he would still be fine. And but you know, 20 years ago, Saturday Night Live was like a, a career maker in a way that like I just think it's like not as much anymore between like Twitter and YouTube and uh, ways people get noticed. I mean, it. And also, who cares? Like, take his career away. I mean, as you said, Catherine, like, you know, we're all learning and growing. And we, you know, if we were to look at our catalog of things we've said over the past 10 or 15 years, we would see things that we no longer say. And, you know, we've we've like understood or realized or learned or been taught um, that we should think about certain things differently and say certain things differently and use different words but we're not talking about 10 or 15 years ago and we're also that the other thing is that this it's not just like this dude made a joke like this dude's entire shtick is saying this kind of shit and right it's time it's time that we just like move on from this terrible kind of comedy like if you want to enjoy this comedy you should have to go to the chuckle hut and pay the two drink minimum and by the way both drinks are 22 dollars <laughs> and and see your terrible mediocre comedians and go on their four-hour podcasts and or listen to their four-hour <laughs> podcasts I, like what i'm ready for this terrible comedy to just be utterly marginalized because it's it's bad it's so hacky it's bad and it's hacky and it's damaging and racist and bye-bye yeah see you later see you later shane gillis but huge huge congrats again to bo and yang it's uh he's just just the best and everyone loves him and the third the other cast i know i don't even know who their name (laughs) who's i think a woman like congrats to you (laughs) she's having like the best and worst day ever it's like this is great i guess i'm out of this fray but also i got it (laughs) i know i know it's like such a mixed bag because Mm -hmm. she got this like dope thing and like no one's paying attention to her, but we should honestly, probably say her name out loud. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Lady SNL cast member. Yeah. Congratulations. Why don't you tell Jane, me your Jane gib- Doe? What's that? I said Jane Doe. Okay. Oh. <laughs> um, so my jibber jabber is I have finally finished The Americans and it was really good. Um, I think the ending was so good and i'm so glad because i found the ending of game of thrones to be so unsatisfying on so many levels um and it made me wonder if a show can ever like end the thing um and i think that the americans ended really well i won't really say anything about it just because does russia um, win um (laughs) well i mean we know that russia wins (laughs) that's just history um (laughs) It, it just it resolved in a really cool, satisfying way. And it wasn't like uh, it, it's like whether or not is a happy ending isn't even like a relevant question, which I think is like which I just really appreciate it. Um, and now I have moved on to Stranger Things. Now, Catherine, you watched the first season of Stranger Things, right? Yes. OK, that's and so I have now. Season. OK, I have now watched season one and season two episode one of stranger things now when stranger things came out we talked about it on the podcast and i was like it's too scary i don't want to see it and you were like uh it's good it's not that scary i think you can watch it i want to say we were both right because i do experience it as pretty scary however i also can watch it we leave on a light we (laughs) mute it when things get really scary because Andrea is also like a scaredy cat which you know I'm not alone in this um but it's it's really worth it like it's really rewarding because the show is so good um I have wept like pretty much every episode like that those kids their friendship is so tender Eleven's entire backstory is I can't like recover from I 
I like I sobbed after the last episode after the finale of season one I just couldn't like her backstory is so tragic and so sad but she's so cool and interesting and I'm sure we're gonna learn more because it's by the end of season one her backstory is still pretty mysterious um and Catherine I am living for Winona Ryder I know the the lights I the mean, Christmas lights and the oh my god and her like maintaining she maintains that this falling apart at the seams um energy for basically the entire first season with the exception of like a handful of scenes she's like completely frantic and she's just so good and it's just it's so rewarding it's kind of like how I felt seeing Luke Perry rest in peace mm. play a father on Riverdale seeing Winona Ryder play a mother and just like just she's a good actor and she's great and I'm so glad that she's like back in my life and I know I'm very late to this this is like the conversation that was on everyone's lips like four years ago or something but like um it's fine I'm just getting I'm getting there now um but I'm just glad I'm here what's what matters is that I got here and I'm just I'm really enjoying it and I don't know maybe season two won't be as good and maybe there's gonna be problematic stuff I don't know you know like but still um yeah, a little bit. Catherine just made the uh, like season so, two so. didn't really do it for me uh, okay. as much, but then again, it had a lot. You know, it's a sophomore slump. It happens. Remember uh, yeah, Friday Night Lights slump. season two Oof. when Landry killed a dude. We don't so need to talk rough. about that. <laughs> oh man, what a what a terrible that probably is on my top ten list of like worst story arcs ever in a TV show. <laughs> it might be number one. I think it's anyway, number one for me too. Yeah, it's really bad. Stranger Things is so good. It's so tender and delightful. The music is amazing and it's like creepy, but it oh, the music, works. Yeah. And, oh, the music is so, so, so good. Oh my God. So anyway, I don't know. I'm just, I'm really living for Stranger Things and it's cool to also, because the, um, I think actually both the Americans and Stranger Things start in 1983 and it's just really cool to be watching another like period piece and see observe the differences and how both shows like represent the era um and I don't know man I just I I'm really loving it and I'm really glad that I'm watching it I'm gonna give you a spoiler for season two just to get out of the way when yeah. Ryder's writer's character goes forward in time and kills Landry that's that is the that's the twist I was hoping for. Yeah. So, you know, once you get over that story twist, um, it gets good. OK, cool. Well, I, I will look forward to that. Um, cool. OK, so, Catherine, that's all my jibber jabber. I just wanted to talk about television. Wonderful. Let's uh, talk about a thing we did for self-care. So I've gotten back into the meditation game because I was feeling real stressed about a lot of things. Mm -hmm. And, you know, stress really does affect your body no matter what you got going on in your mind and heart and all the other things. So, um, you know, I don't want to sound like one of those, like, just try yoga and everything will be fine. But if you do find a practice that'll help sort of get the heart rate down and get the breathing a little controlled, definitely try it. For years, smoking worked for me. And uh, I quit that mm -hmm. because it's not good for you. But, you know, <laughs> seriously, a lot of people smoke and they don't realize this. And I, I learned this when I was quitting because it really helped me. Um, smoking is, an, is a practice of breathing a certain way, like in mm. and out and in and out. There is an aspect of that that's meditative. And so mm -hmm. um, I, that's something that I was missing when I quit smoking. And so for me, the breathing thing is actually a kind of a, a thing that I didn't realize was important. Mm -hmm. That's interesting. Yeah. yeah, I can totally see that. I um, When I watch TV shows where people smoke and take great relish in smoking, like in Mad Men, like it does see like those deep ass drags that Don Draper takes on the cigarettes and then sort of like lets it out with his entire body it does seem incredibly satisfying to do mm -hmm. very calming yeah. so i don't know maybe i'll start smoking yeah <laughs> Sally, what did you do? <laughs> so okay i as many of you know i have my teeth are so sensitive Catherine, and as i age they're just getting more sensitive and when i drink cold stuff they hurt when I drink hot stuff, they hurt. Um, and I got a mouth guard made at the dentist. Have you worn one of these before? I, I've, I've, since I was age 14, I was supposed to have, and I've never done it. And you never have. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, I'm invoking 14-year-old Catherine because <laughs> um, apparently one of the reasons my teeth are super sensitive is because I grind my teeth. Um, and so I got this mouth guard that I'm supposed to wear when I go to sleep. So I don't grind my teeth or I grind them against not my own other teeth. And... Um, I absolutely hate wearing it. And when I wear it, I like I have bad dreams and I <laughs> my mouth gets dry and I wake up and I find it 
flung across the room because sometime <laughs> in the middle of the night I take it out and I just like toss it. So the mouth guard isn't working for me. And but my teeth are really sensitive. So anyway, long story short, Catherine, I um my my friend and yours, Lucas, recommended this toothpaste. Um which I, I don't have the name of, and so that's not helpful. But if you want to know the name of this toothpaste, feel free to tweet at me, at Sally T. <laughs> it's kind of expensive, um, and you can only order it online as far as I know. I don't think it's available to buy like where I live. Um, I'm pretty sure it's from Japan, and it has some sort of ingredient that um, both Lucas and I did some research on to make sure it was like had been clinically tested to do what it says it's going to do. Um, but it's like... It's it's better and different than like Sensodyne because it um it actually helps. No, <laughs> I sound like a commercial, but it helps like build. It helps build and repair, um whatever it is you need um on your teeth or in your teeth to make them not hurt real bad. And I was sort of skeptical that anything besides a mouth guard could make my teeth feel better. But I think this toothpaste is actually really, really, really helping my teeth. All that is to say. What I did for self-care is I tried a new toothpaste. I I actually, Lucas sent me the information. I sat on it for a little while. It's kind of expensive. I was like, I don't know. Is this one of those products? But then I, you know, Lucas recommends it heartily. He stands by it. The research looks good. I invested the money and my teeth are feeling pretty good. And I haven't worn my mouth guard in weeks. So that's the deal. I will be one of those people tweeting at you saying, what is the name of that? Because I would like to try it. And I would. Okay. Yeah. I. Yeah, I'd like to add that I am. Um, I have a a group a group text situation uh, that that show Chernobyl on HBO. Remember that? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah. I have a, a group chat text uh, with the people I watched it with, and um, it's it's devolved into just us sending puppy pictures to each other. But uh, nice. Somebody sent uh, Robin, my friend, sent something today, and it's a picture of a plant, and it says, mm-hmm. "Being kind to yourself only when you deserve it is like watering a plant only when it rains." Oh. So it's like, you know, be kind to yourself even when it's not raining, not when you just need really it. That is really good. Yeah, so I like that. I, wanted to I, that. I, thought, I thought you were going to come in hot with something tooth or dental related. Oh, well, I mean, that end, I mean, yes, I want the name of that toothpaste because I Got too okay. can benefit. I use Sensodyne, which works very well for me, but um, I could do better. Um, yeah. I mean, look, when it comes to toothpaste, I think we can all do better. So that's our self-care. Should we uh, read an email? Let's read an email. This person would like to be known as Furiosa from Mad Max, which is a dope choice. (laughs) Um, Content notes, OCD, ADHD, PMDD, cancer, mental health, family of origin, mentions of sexual assault, political nonsense, death of a parent, generational trauma. Oh, and by the way, those content notes are mostly from them. I added a couple in the beginning, but just so you, just so everyone's clear that the political nonsense thing comes from them. Okay. Uh, dear Sally T and SPK Heller, by the way, side note, love being addressed by my Twitter handle. Yes, me too. Everyone, please, please take note. Um, okay. Background. I am a 32-year-old queer, white, non-binary person from relative affluence. I have a number of mental health diagnoses, including OCD, ADHD, PMDD, and a panic disorder that has since been resolved. My therapist has suggested in the past that I might have complex PTSD as a result of a parent with destructive narcissistic behaviors, the trauma of losing my dad to a heart attack on my 14th birthday, a badly timed sexually coercive and or emotionally abusive romantic relationship, multiple sexual assaults, and a family full of people that ignore their own emotions, don't know how to draw and more importantly respect boundaries and therefore get easily enmeshed. They all likely have their own undiagnosed mental health disorders that they repressed based on my observation. My dad struggled with his own mood issues, alcoholism, PTSD, and self-destructive thinking patterns. All this is to say, I think I've got quite a bit of inherited trauma working against me as I try to teach myself alongside multiple methods of therapy, talk, EMDR, medication, etc., how to be an emotionally effective person with healthy communication styles, friendships that are communicative and uh, and supportive, boundaries that work. But in the last couple of years, I've found emotional stability and a good mix of medications slash therapy that work for me. Up until recently, I had quote unquote graduated from talk therapy. More on that in a minute. Politically and socially, I am outspoken about racism, misogyny, transphobia, ableism, ethnocentrism, fatphobia, etc. 
I've been involved in multiple feminist spaces intended to be inclusive and intersectional. I've gotten in many fights with people on Facebook, in person, etc., about the words they say and the things they do that perpetuate shit, hence the lack of stepdad. I've worked hard in the last few years to understand my own privilege related to my whiteness and upbringing, my access to work and health insurance, and other kinds of advantages I've had, while also recognizing the challenges I experience as a trans, queer, small, fat person with a Jewish heritage and a neurodiverse brain. The latter admittedly has limited my ability to go out and do things in my community, so I try to find ways to be active and vocal in ways that I'm able. Okay, having said all that, now to the recent context leading up to my question. My partner, a 30-year-old white cis het male, was diagnosed with a low-grade primary brain tumor right after Christmas 2017 after an unexpected grand mal seizure in the middle of the night. It was one of the most traumatic experiences I've ever had, witnessing that seizure and the fallout afterwards. Since the diagnosis, he has had brain surgery, multiple MRIs, repeated seizures, monthly-ish, repeated trips to the ER, and very recently started oral chemo to shrink residual tumor. Because of the seizures, he is not permitted to drive, and in a couple of weeks, we don't want to add a second seizure medication. He's going to begin ramping up over a year to a modified ketogenic diet to help with the epilepsy. Needless to say, fucking everything about our lives has changed and is continuing to change dramatically, with one of the few constants being our incredible ability to be a team and support each other as much as we can while maintaining healthy communication habits and trying not to develop unhealthy codependence. I've been working hard lately on self-compassion and carefully considering to what things I exert my energy. My therapist told me recently, and I'm paraphrasing, we all have our adaptive ways of coping that are our defaults. During times like these, it's okay to rest on your heels with adaptive slash maladaptive behaviors a little and rely on those defaults to survive. The way you adapted to deal with trauma and emergencies is to go into hyper-focused intellectual mode, which enables you to think clearly and execute. That is your default. The maladaptive part is you don't come out of that mode. Let yourself get hyper-focused in emergencies, and when it's over, give yourself space to feel all of the wild emotions you didn't allow yourself to feel during the crisis. I get so caught up in trying to be better and do adaptive and healthy things that it's almost become obsessive. Like here I am going through a major crisis and I'm trying to totally overhaul my way of dealing. It would be like planning for fire safety while you're in a burning house. It's not practical and it's not a good way to survive. So here's my question. I want to continue to be a social justice warrior and advocate for underserved and marginalized communities, both that I am a part of and otherwise. I want to use my privilege to advocate for people of color in particular, given the bullshit garbage fire that is our current political climate. The cancer thing is not going to go away anytime soon. The upside of my partner's diagnosis is that it's low grade and he probably will live a very full life. The downside of a very long prognosis is that we have to just basically always be dealing with this fucking brain tumor and following up with MRIs and wondering and worrying. How the fuck do I continue to be an activist slash SJW slash feminist while being a caregiver, taking care of myself and managing my relationship and my priorities? I've definitely found ways to integrate social justice into other parts of my life, like working at a social justice university and helping students realize their dreams of being community leaders and therapists. I eventually would like to be a licensed counselor and potentially use that experience to work pro bono in hospitals to provide counseling and mental health screenings for people who are dealing with the trauma of being hospitalized, but that's down the line in a ways. Basically, I'm treading water right now. Do I continue to stay informed and very carefully choose my battle? Do I let myself off the hook when I'm low on spoons? I think whatever I do, I think ultimately whatever I do is fine. That's what self-compassion is about, right? Giving yourself emotional space to just be who you are. But when I think about my priorities carefully, advocating and being vocal and progressive and informed is important to me. Being kind is important to me. Being charitable is important to me. I want to maintain that part of myself and do what I can to make, at the very least, the immediate space around me as safe as possible for people who need it most. FYI, I'm in therapy weekly, I'm likely going back to EMDR, and I'm continuing with all my medications. All my best, Furiosa. Mm. Furiosa, thank you so much. That that was a lot. Thank you for putting out all there. I think in a very strange way, you have answered a lot of your questions because I think you know that you're taking on a lot. And I hope hearing it out loud makes you realize how much you've been through and how much you're going through. You know, it, it is so easy to feel helpless and hopeless and overwhelmed with everything in the world. There are so many things happening right now that are terrible. And we all want to just run out there and, and, you know, put out the fire and, you know, help people and, and all those things. It sounds to me, though, that 
you are doing a lot. I don't know about the Facebook fighting stuff. I don't know how um, if that's working out because that can that can sometimes not go well or sometimes it can go well. Who knows? But you are volunteering at a place. It looks like you are doing a few things. I would say just because something is quote unquote small doesn't mean it's not impactful. Even if you're only helping one person, that doesn't mean that you're not able to make a difference in the world. You can't save the world. I, I'm just going to say that uh, you alone cannot save the world. It is going to be a lot of people doing small acts, large acts, all the things. But until you're ready to even do that, I would say you really do need to go easier on yourself. Um, I would look, I mean, you went through a trauma, you're going through trauma therapy, you're in therapy, you're on medication. Your partner went through something very traumatic and it was traumatic for you, as you, you say here. And I, I'm so sorry that you're going through that. That is a lot. That is a lot, a lot, a lot. And life is uh, long and you have a, a lot of opportunities to do a lot of good things your entire life. But for right now, I would say let's set the groundwork to make sure that you have the tools to go forward doing anything and everything. And right now seems like a very intense time in your life and you are dealing with a lot of the things that had happened to you and are happening around you, please take the time to do that because you're only going to be impactful when you are able to do the things. And right now it sounds like you're a little overwhelmed. Sally. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I totally agree, Catherine. I think um, I think like probably there's just some trial and error that you need to do to see like what you can do that makes you feel like you're making a difference and that makes an impact and also that fits into your life right now um, considering how much stuff you have going on um, and I think you won't really know until you try I think it's very common to when things are like intense in your personal life to like dial back um, and sort of reserve some energy for things you have to deal with and so sometimes that means like not volunteering as much or maybe um, you know and you know maybe like you feel like you can give more away in charitable donations for a little while because you aren't able to show up in person and you want to try to make up that difference um but I think like one thing that strikes me in your letter is that like I think two things one is like I just wonder if like a support group would be useful for you because it seems like you're someone who is interested in doing a lot of like processing and talking about both your situation and like social justice stuff which like is great um and is is awesome and I, I just wonder if like they're if like talking to other people who have a partner who's going through a really intense like medical thing um would be useful and maybe also like connecting with other people who are like I think that people who are interested in social justice and also have like mental health either diagnoses or just like things going on um is really 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 common um because first of all like the movement can take a toll on you and also like people who have been marginalized in some way often like show up for other people and end up doing this kind of work so I think that you're in really good company of someone who's like you know this work is really important to me I'm just not sure how much energy I can make for it at this time in my life and so I just I wonder if like part of what can be useful to you is like connecting with other people and like talking about this stuff and processing it and seeing um, how they handle things and like how they keep up with like the things that they're interested in that are quote unquote extracurricular um, and maybe social justice related or maybe not while also going through life stuff. Um, I think that might be really helpful. Um, and the other thing is like, I just, I feel overwhelmingly when I read your email, both like just now on the show and when I read it, like it, while preparing for the show, that like what you want is like permission to just do less um, because you've, there's like, there's not really much that like Catherine and I can say that you didn't say to yourself in your email like you you laid it out really well you asked a bunch of questions and you also answered them um and so I think that what I'm getting is like that you want people to be like like someone to be like look like you've gone through a lot you deserve a break take a break everything will be okay um and you know I think that's the case I think like everything will be okay as Catherine said life is long so you know if you pull back on things that are unrelated to you and your partner and your partner's health and your emotional health for another 
month or a year or five years, um, don't worry, because in five years from now, we're going to still need people who really care about social justice, you know? So um, I think it's it's important for you to do what you feel like you can. And I think what Catherine said is really important, which is that, like, you can't really show up and do good work when you're running on empty and when you're, you know, physically and emotionally exhausted. So it needs to be a priority that you take care of yourself. And also, like, I think, like, people who do social justice work, um, which th- it has not been my full-time job in, like, several years, but it used to be, I think people who do social justice work, like, underestimate how burnt out they are and how burdensome it is to show up as a burned out person. Like, it, it is hard to do work with people who are kind of coming apart because the work is grinding them into a fine powder and also things are going on in their personal lives. Um, and I think like more people who do social justice work should be taking better care of themselves and we should take better care of each other and so on and so forth. But I think that um, it for many reasons that uh, like include for you and your mental health and for the mental health of the people that you care about. Um, I think that taking care of yourself is like paramount. And I think it's like, it is the thing that has to come first. Like Catherine and I ta- have talked about before, like I have to put on your mask before you put on anyone else's mask. So um, that was really long winded and a little rambly, but hopefully you get the picture. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I follow um, some activists and social justice people on Twitter and I love that Sorry, that's my coffee maker making a noise, letting me know it's turning off. Thank you. Um, I follow people on Twitter who are very, very much at the front lines of a lot of things. And I love how half of it is um, here's where we're meeting and here's where we're doing this. And then the other half is and now time for the bachelorette. Mm-hmm. Like everyone takes a break. Totally. Everyone needs a break. And I'm just picking out parts of your email right now and looking at, you know, you're losing your dad to a heart attack in your 14th birthday and what happened to your partner. You can pick just one of these things. And I would still say. Yeah, take a break. I mean, these things are a lot has happened, and do do not dismiss how how serious it can affect how seriously it can affect you, and that you have every right. I you have permission to take a break. You have permission to heal. You have permission to take a breath. Everything Sally said, and I think that you know. Again, I know I said it, and you said it again. I'll say it a third time. Um, you really did answer your own questions in this, and I to to which I would say to you, yeah, you you know, I think you know that you really do need to take it a little bit easier mm-hmm. on yourself because we will need you yeah. continuously for the rest of time. And we want you to stay healthy and safe so that you can do the best work you can. Yeah. Yeah, totally. And I think, you know, I don't think any one person taking a break um, when they need to is going to be a problem for the movement. You know what I mean? I, I think like it's going to be okay for you to pull back on some of the extracurriculars you're doing until you have the energy to do it. I don't, I don't think, I mean, it, it might, it'll, it'll make a difference to you and your sort of how you feel about yourself and the way you're spending your time, which is then like work you have to do to figure out how to feel okay about that. But I think like the movement is going to be okay. Um, Yeah. yeah. Here's a related slash. Oh, sorry. Go on. I was going to say, here's related slash unrelated personal story about something that happened to me recently where I had to take a break and it, it crushed me so much. I was so sad. But I had to um, remove myself from the show. I mean, I'm in a five-week run. I had to miss one of the weekends, which is really hard for the rest of the other cast, ensemble, because um, I had to pull out the day of the show because of a health thing. And I I made that executive decision because it just – it was not safe for me to be on that stage with the way I was feeling. It wasn't safe to my ensemble members. And that night I was so sad I couldn't perform and I really felt like I'd let people down and I felt all these things. But the truth is I had to make this choice that was right for me so that I could come back the next week healthy and ready. And it would have just maybe gotten worse had I thought I could do the show. And I I don't say that I know that everything is totally different, but there are times where you have to take a step back and it hurts and it's it's sad and you want to be out there and you want to be running around and doing the things that you want to be doing that make you feel good, that make you feel uh, right, that you know are the, the good things. And unfortunately, you won't be able to do it later on unless you take care of yourself. Yeah, now. well so. said. That's really good. I think we should end on that because that's a really good analogy. Hey, thanks. Hey. So good luck, Furiosa, and I hope everything turns out okay for you. Thank you for writing in. Yeah. Wow. So, Catherine. Wow. I missed you. I'm glad we're back. 
I missed you yeah, too. Yeah, we had to cancel we're Struggle back. Bus too. That was very upsetting to me. We're Yeah, we're back and better than ever. Yeah, we had to cancel some stuff. I mean, one thing about the Struggle Bus that I love is that we live by it's the true. advice we give. And when one of us cannot record for either mental health or physical health reasons, we are like, bye bye. <laughs> and you know, we don't we don't take it lightly. We don't just like, you know, I'm not like, oh shit, I want to keep binging Stranger Things. I can't record. Although, <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. No, we don't, you know, we don't we don't take it lightly. And it's for sure like a last resort because it's a huge priority for us to keep the podcast coming out and keep it regular. And we also really, really enjoy doing it and we love to connect with each other. But when when it, when something has to give, um, we do follow our own advice. And if one of us has something like big going on, like we don't, we don't record. Um, I don't know why I'm, yeah, I'm saying that just to say we take a hiatus every now and again yeah. and we thank you oh, for bearing with Oh, it was Stranger Things, wasn't it? Sally, why are you pulling that remote out right now? Well, it may, it may have been Stranger <laughs> Things. What are, you, what are you talking about? You're All talking right, about listen, you have fine. the song of the week? Oh my God, yes. I, I do. I do. It's a good one. And also, I want to – can I say something that I meant to say yes. totally at the top of the show? So listen, last night, for all of you listening, uh, was the premiere episode of a stream that I'm going to be on that you should watch. Um, it is going to be an actual play of the tabletop role-playing game Band of Blades. Now, I've, I was invited by the lovely co-hosts of Total Party Thrill, which is a really fun podcast. They talk about um, D&D and other role-playing games. I was invited to be part of the stream where we're going to play this game live. Um, you can watch it at twitch.tv slash don't split the podcast. We will put that in the show notes. So if you want to watch, it's going to be Wednesday nights at 7 p.m. Eastern time. And uh, the first one was live last night for all of you. And so you can watch it. um, I believe you can watch it when it's not live. I'm sure it'll be recorded and you can check it out. So um, it'll be really fun. I'm looking really forward to it. I'm also incredibly nervous about it. Never done anything like this before. It's going to be fine and okay. So please watch. It's it's like a play? It's it's, okay. So it's people, it's me and four other people playing this role-playing game, but live on a stream. Oh my God, Sally, that's so cool. Are you doing it's, it every it's week? Be cool. We're doing it every week. I think it's going to last like 12 weeks. Oh, uh, wow. Live every week. Yeah, live every week. Um, Wednesday nights. It's a game I've never played before. It's uh, it's a really cool game for anyone who's like interested in like tabletop gaming. Um, It's like a it's a it's a dark it's the game genre is dark military fantasy, which I think sounds hilarious when said outside of a TTRPG context. Um, But it is a really, really cool game. Um, I'm. I'm understanding the system a little bit more than I was initially and I think it's gonna be really fun so um people should either um watch it or listen to me talk about how it's going on the struggle can we do like live chat with you while it's happening or you can do live chat but (gasps) not not like with me personally but I'm pretty sure that one of the other people who uh the dude who runs the don't split the podcast network is the one that's hosting it I'm pretty sure that he is going to be um, like managing the chat during the show, although I'm not like totally positive. So you can definitely check in and see. Wow. I, I, well, I'll be texting you during it and I'll just watch you like looking at your phone like, Catherine, stop. <laughs> yeah, totally. I'm, I'll definitely do that while I'm live on camera. Screw that live chat. I'm going to totally <laughs> just right, keep calling blow you. Blow it up. Yeah. Hell like yeah. I really need to talk to you. <laughs> shout out, shout out like improv things. Like now do it like in a Western spaghetti Western. Yeah, totally. (laughs) You're at the gynecologist. It's a gun. (laughs) Amazing. That's all. That's improv, by the way. Spaghetti Western gynecologist gun. Gun. Congratulations. You know improv now. (laughs) Um, So, Catherine, all that said. I should be on SNL. (laughs) Yeah. Congratulations. You've been cast. You're the third. You're the lady. You're the lady comic. Oh, I found her name. Hold on a second. I do want to say it. Uh, it's Chloe something. Oh God, I'm a terrible person. It's Chloe something. It's amazing. Um, so on. what is it? Gy- gynecologist, yeah. spaghetti western and gun. gun. Yeah. Always basically in an improv scene, you always come out with a gun be like, Hey, and then you hold the gun out like the finger. Right. 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 Um, her name is Chloe Feynman. Chloe Feynman. Congratulations. 
Congratulations, Chloe Feynman. And Bonnie. You, your name would be the title of our episode if Catherine hadn't just said gynecologist spaghetti western gun so i'm sorry that you've been <laughs> that you've come in second but anyway mazel tov on being in the cast of saturday night live what makes me laugh is all my improv friends will totally know that title that i'm referring to improv like that's how seared in our brains it is yeah i feel like this is the kind of thing where if you know you really get it you really do all right well sally you have the song oh wait i'm gonna i'm yeah, gonna tell you uh, yeah, get us out of here. Hold on a second. Here we go. You can tweet at us at StrugglebusPod. Email us at StrugglebusPodcast at gmail.com. If you have a question, make sure you denote that. But if you want to join the secret Facebook group, send a separate email and put in the subject line you'd like to join the group. Instagram.com slash the StrugglebusPod. Hashtag StrugglePodBuds420 to find a struggle buddy. Tweet at Sally T. Tweet at me at SPK Heller. Uh, Patreon.com slash Hold on, it's not in here. The struggle bus. Sure. Yes, what Sally said. <laughs> Sally, what is the song of the week? Catherine, the song of the week is not going to be something I say right now because first I want to say, get your flu shots because it is officially flu season. Flu shots become available usually in August and September. So everyone, please get a flu shot. Save a life. Um, probably someone else's who has a compromised immune system and is relying on your immunity. Um to stay healthy okay the song of the week is hazy shade of winter this is the bangles cover um is originally a simon and garfunkel song this is the bangles cover that appeared in in the end titles of season one episode two of stranger things the weirdo on maple street was uh well sorry chapter two not episode two and the it's great. It's just really goddamn good. What else do you want me to tell you about it? A Hazy Shade of Winter by I the Bengals. Yes. It was in Less Than Zero too, right? Yes. The movie? It was, I don't know. Yeah. It was originally written for Less Than Zero. So ding, ding, ding. Nice. Well played. Um, so everyone get into it. It's really good. The music in general on Stranger Things is really good. And there's this uh, website called Tune Find where um, it tells you – like I'm looking right now at the episode breakdown of the entire show, Stranger Things, and every single song that was played and what scene it was played in, which is like really dope. Um, so I guess this is also a plug for TuneFind.com, our episode sponsor. Thank you, TuneFind.com. <laughs> this is brought to you by TuneFind, The Flu Shot, and Sensodyne. Yes, it is. So enjoy <laughs> all of those things, um, which are all really, really good for you. Catherine, yeah. we did it. Yes, Sally, we did. Hey, uh, we, we love you, and it's so good to see you again, Sally, and I can't wait to see you IRL one day. Same, same Z's. Um, talk to you soon. Love you, mean it. Goodbye. Yes, love you, mean it, too. You know, you hang up. Hey, thank you no, so you much for listening. <laughs> Bye. Bye. So hard to please Look around